chapter, Ephesians chapter uh, 3. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been blessed and encouraged uh, as I've studied this book. Uh, we started out looking at Ephesians chapter 1 uh, on Wednesday nights, and we preached the first couple of messages, and uh, just looking at the, the re- reality of our salvation, how God in his foreknowledge and God in his uh, understanding and God in, in his power and might and his love looked upon us and, and looked into the future before we were ever born, before we were ever created, before he, he said, let there be light. He looked into the future and he saw who would choose to follow him and who would choose not to and, and who would reject him. And, and he knew of our sin. He knew that, that uh, atonement would have to be made. And, and, and so he, he chose to send his son to die on the cross so that we could be reconciled or so that we could, uh, would no longer be uh, at enmity or at war with him. He, he chose to save us. Praise God for, 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 for that truth, for that, for that doctrine. We, we, we're looking at the reality of, of our salvation and, and Christ's prayer for, for the church and the saints there in chapter 1. And, and his prayer is that we would just be saved, but that we would grow in our knowledge of God. God didn't save us just so that you would have a ticket to heaven. I don't know about you, but there's so much more uh, to salvation, so much more to the work of God in our lives than, than just not going to hell and getting to go to heaven. And I'm thankful that there's more to it than that. So we talked about the reality of it uh, and what Christ did for us. We talked about what Christ actually did for us in chapter 2, where it says in verse 1 that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And my goodness, that's where we all were. But, but my favorite verse is verse 4 or verse, four or verse 5, which says, But God was rich in mercy. Praise God that he, that he did a work in us, and even though we were not deserving of his salvation, even, even though we were not deserving of his love, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he took us uh, as, as evil, as wicked, as sinful as we were, and listen, we were all there, amen? Uh, we, uh, there wasn't one better than another. There, weren't, there wasn't a certain people group or a certain type of people or a certain race or anything that's, that's better than another. We're all in need of the, of the salvation. We were all in need of of life, we were all dead in our sins. But God sent His Son to die on the cross and, and put in us, as we've accepted by faith Jesus Christ, put in us new life. And not only did He give us new life, but He's, uh, the Corinthians tells us, Paul tells us in Corinthians that, that we become a, a new creature or a new man. And, and, and now we, we, uh, the Bible says that we sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, the best is yet to come. We don't even know all what God has done for us. Uh, the, the ages to come, the, the riches of his grace would be revealed unto us. I'm looking forward to that day. We were, we were singing, we were singing, uh, it will be worth it all when I see Jesus. Or when we see Jesus, you know what I thought? He ain't going to be wearing a mask. <laughs> it was, it's nice to be able to sing praise without words. Uh, it, it I, I'm, so, I'm so thankful for what God has done for us. And, and I'm joking, the, the mass thing is a joke. But I, I look forward to the day when I get to see Christ and when I get the, 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 the fullness of the inheritance that God has promised me. So we talked about what Christ did for us there in chapter 2, and it went beyond just our salvation, but, 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 but that, 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 that promise that was given to, uh, to, to, to us through salvation, it's expanded in the second half of chapter 2, and, and then and, and explained in, in the beginning here of chapter 3. We talked about yesterday or last, after, or last Sunday afternoon about how this was not just for the Jews, 
that this is a new period of time. It says that in verse 11, this is wherefore, uh, chapter 2, verse 11, it says, wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by the circumcision. Uh, what it's saying is back, uh, you used to be Gentiles, you used to be far off, you used to not be allowed to be a part of this promise because of the, uh, you, you were not the people of Israel, and the, the covenants were given to the people of Israel, the circumcision was for the people of Israel, uh, and, and you weren't part of that. But praise God, praise God, today we're part of it. Chapter 2 goes on saying in verse, I believe it's verse uh, verse uh, 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were far off are made nigh by the blood. I'm so thankful that, that I was once, even though we were once far off, we can be partakers, we can be fellow heirs, we can be a part of the, 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 the family of God. That we don't have to look at it from the outside saying, I wish I could be. Have you ever, have you ever been someplace and, and wish you could be a part of something sitting on the outside? It's not any fun. Uh, being sidelined and not able to play a game because you're not good enough or, or because you're injured and not able to play and watching them, them have fun and watching them or, or, or wanting to go to the party but not getting invited. Jesus Christ is our invitation. I'm so thankful for what God did. And so here in chapter 3, is, and, and, and we're going to kind of reiterate some of the, these truths because in chapter, in chapter 3, uh, in chapter three uh, Paul was explaining that this new dispensation, this change that's taken place, is, was a mystery uh, to, the, to the people of the Old Testament. They, they didn't have an understanding uh, of what was to take place. Let's go ahead and start looking at verse, verse uh, 1 of chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians. Paul says, we'll go ahead and read it. We're going to pray and ask God to, to help us. Verse 1 says this, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your spirit. Lord, I pray, I ask, Lord, that you might have your way with us. Father, you know that the needs that we have in this place, the need in every heart. Lord, you know those that are yours and those uh, that aren't. Father, you know those that are struggle, having struggles, Lord, and, and those, that, those that aren't, Lord, those that need to be strengthened, Lord, those that need to be confronted. God, God, I pray that you would have your way with each and every one of us this morning. I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that you would that you would speak to each and every heart, and Lord, that you would be heard. Give us ears to hear, Lord. I pray that you would fill me with your Spirit to give me the exact words to say. Uh, that there wouldn't be anything of myself in this, Lord. That there wouldn't be uh, anything but your word to us. And God, I pray that, that Lord, that you would do a work that we cannot do. Lord, I we need you. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
The message is titled the, the, today, uh, The Mystery of the Church. Say, so, well, I don't hear, see anything about the church in there. It, it's, it's there, and we're going to see it in verse, in verse 6. Uh, but the church was not around before uh, the New Testament. Jesus told uh, the apostles, uh, the, 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 the apostles that, that he was going to build his church. Jesus is the, the cornerstone of the church. Uh, uh, Israel was not the church. Israel was, uh, the, uh, was were, were the chosen people of God, but they were not the church. The church has not come uh, into, into place yet. There were those that were in the church uh, that were not in Christ. Uh, they did, did not believe, not, sorry, I said in the church, in the people of Israel uh, uh, that, that, did, that didn't believe. Uh, uh, there were those that were cast aside because of a lack of faith in God. Uh, but, but I am thankful that by faith, we, that they looked forward to the cross of Jesus Christ. Even Abraham. Uh, listen, he, Abraham didn't know the name of Jesus. Abraham did, but the Bible says Jesus Himself said that Abraham rejoiced to see His day. We talked about that last week. That, that, uh, that Abraham and those that were saved in the Old Testament were saved, looking forward to the cross of Christ and the promised Messiah. They had faith in God and in the words of God. Uh, the Bible says that Abraham believed, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Rahab, who was a Gentile at that time, uh, she believed God. Uh, when the spies came, went into the into Jericho and the promised land there in, in, in Joshua chapter two, and uh, they 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 were they were, uh, they were sorting things out. Uh, uh, Rahab hid them and she said listen our hearts did melt within us why because we heard of what God what your God did for you and we know that he is God that's faith she wasn't worshiping or following her other gods she was trusting God to protect her in fact she said uh, give me some sign they said cast out this this the to cast out that that, that scarlet cord and that that rope that she let them out the window with and, uh, and and listen that was that wasn't what saved her that was just an act of faith she trusted that, that, that what what they said what God said would would be true and that God would take care of her she had faith and and with that she was allowed to be brought into the people of Israel she was given a a, a place of prominence she was married in and not by the people of Israel but by God because if you look at the lineage of Jesus Christ guess whose name you find Rahab Praise God for the for, for, for God's grace, even in the Old Testament. Uh, we talk about the age of the law, which was the Old Testament, the age of grace, which we're in now. Uh, but that doesn't mean grace started with Jesus Christ. He he was uh, he 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 was full of grace and truth. The Bible tells us. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Rahab found grace. Listen, uh, we've all needed grace. Doesn't matter what 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 the dispensation or what what time we were born into, we all needed the grace of God. Paul says here in verse 1, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, sorry, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, for what cause? Well, I have to go back to the previous chapter to see what he's talking about. And what, what's he talking about? Uh, he's talking about this, this change of uh, dispensation that, that, that the gospel, that, that God at one point in time was for the people of Israel. They were his chosen people. But there was a, a change that was going to take place here. Uh, the Gentiles used to be separated, but now they are being brought into the fold through Jesus Christ. That, that they were all, to, that, that, that now, today, in this generation, in this dispensation, we are all made to be accepted accepted Gentile or Jew in Jesus Christ. That, that, that we're all saved through the same gospel, through the same way. That The Jews didn't like that very much. Why was Paul imprisoned? 
Does he preach the gospel? And he preached it not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Paul, Paul went into Jerusalem in, in, in Acts chapter 15 and 16, talking to the, to, to, the, uh, to the other apostles, talking to the leaders of the church there, and says, listen, look what God has done for us in all these cities and all these places and all these towns. And, and listen, it's not just the, the Jews that are getting saved. Some of the Jews are getting saved. But the Gentiles are also getting saved, and God's blessing them. They're receiving the Holy Spirit just like everybody else is. And Peter should have known that better than anybody else because God revealed to him first that the that the, the, the Gentiles were able and uh, are partakers of the promise. You remember his in, in the book of Acts as he's as he's meditating and he's he's uh, he has that experience. He has a vision. God reveals down let's down this this uh, this great napkin or tablecloth and and with all kinds of animals and God tells him what uh, what I call clean don't call unclean. Arise and eat. And he says I can't eat that stuff. It's unclean. Three times God had to tell him, listen, what I call clean, don't call unclean. And the very next thing he knows is he's getting a knock on his door about a Gentile looking to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he goes, he's able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then that, that, that Gentile, he gets saved and the Holy Spirit falls upon him just like it did the Jews. Guess what? It's for all of us, not just for the Jews. Praise God that we've been brought into, that we were once, that were far off or made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. But they didn't know that back then. So they were angry at Paul. Uh, as he's going around, not, not, the, not the church, not, the, not those who were saved, although some, some struggled with it. Uh, some wanted them to add to, to faith, uh, add to salvation uh, by uh, faith in Jesus Christ. So they wanted to add to that the law, the circumcision, and those other things. And, and they, they, they hashed that out there in Acts chapter 16. We know that we're saved by faith in Christ alone. You're not saved by your good works. You're not saved by keeping the law. We're, we're, uh, the, that's why Paul told uh, the, 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 the jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He didn't say believe and then do this. He said place your faith in Jesus Christ. We're saved by faith alone. For by grace you are saved through faith, verse 8 and 9 of, the, of chapter 2. For by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not what we do, it's what Christ did for us. It's not what we earn, but, but, but what Jesus Christ gave us uh, when he gave himself on the cross. Paul here had a consuming devotion in chapter 3. See, God had given him the ministry of, of preaching the gospel, not, to, not just to the Jews, although he loved the Jews, and he had a heart to see the Jews saved. Romans chapter 9 and chapter 10 tells us that. God gave him the, uh, God gave him the, 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 the ministry of preaching the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, the gospel of grace to the Gentiles. And he got him thrown in prison. Where's Paul at when he's writing this letter to the to, to the people of Ephesus. He was in jail. Why? Because God put him there so that he could preach the gospel in Rome. I want you to see Paul's consuming devotion here. First of all, it's just for this cause. For this cause, I'm a prisoner. I don't know about you, but, but there are times when, 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 when bad things happen in our lives. Things that just don't make sense. Why would, why would God allow this to happen 
to me? Why would God put me in this situation? Listen, God revealed to Paul that he was going to go to Jerusalem and that he would be put in chains. In fact, he could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. Uh, uh, that's, what, that's what would have ultimately happened. But, but, but he appealed to Caesar so that he could go to Rome because God had revealed to him that he was supposed to go and preach the gospel there. So he went gladly in chains. How would you feel if you were put in chains today for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know what we would do? In fact, it's, it's what I've seen on Facebook. There are pastors up in Canada that, are being, that, are being, that have been arrested because during the pandemic they didn't close their churches because during the pandemic they, they preached and invited folks to church. And, and, and you know what I hear? I've, I've heard them call the police Gestapo. I've heard them call the Nazis. I've heard them uh, the, the Christians. We would be upset and we would be angry if they did this. I don't think Paul did that. I don't think once, once Paul stood up and yelled at them and cried out against them as they were doing their jobs, as the Romans came in and, and, and arrested him and put him in chains and led him back and forth. Listen, he sat in prison for years, so that for three years, and brought up before the same uh, leader. Why? So he could preach the gospel. You know why the leader kept him there? Not because he wanted to hear the gospel, because he was hoping that Paul would give him some money to pay for his way out of jail. Paul could have raised some money. Paul, Paul could have done that, but instead, every time he got up, he got up and he preached the gospel and gave him his testimony. This is what God did for me through Jesus Christ, and you can have the same thing too. And he said, I'll see you next week, Paul. Why? Because Paul had a consuming desire to do what God had called him to do regardless of the, the position that it put him in. We as Christians, many times uh, we look at our lives and say, God, I don't know why I'm here. Whether it's a medical diagnosis, whether it's a financial situation, whether, whether a, a tornado has come down and destroyed your house, we sit there and then shake our fist at God or wonder or wail and say, where are you, God? Why have you put me here? I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know why God does the things that he does. But you know what? I do know that God is good. And no matter what the situation I'm in, there is a purpose and a plan. Did you know that God knows all that's going on in my life? That, that there is never a mistake. No matter how hard it gets for me, no matter how difficult things get for me, God knows what's going on. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. It may what I think is logical. Is it logical? The word logical is this, and I'm sailing for another message. This, this actually isn't the message I plan to preach this morning, so we'll see where this goes. But the word logical means to, uh, I looked it up in the dictionary, it means to, to search or seek for the truth through the knowledge that you have. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's, that's what it means. And, and we talk about today that we're to be logical people. It's good to have common sense. It's good to have logic. But you know that as a child of God, that sometimes things aren't logical to us. This all stems from a, a verse in, in, the, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, where as I was reading uh, this, this, this last week, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the apostles, the, the disciples, they're there with Jesus. He's just getting ready to, to rise up and to, uh, to ascend up into heaven after uh, he tells them of what he's going to have them do to go wait in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit would come. Before that, what, do you remember what the apostles asked? They said, is now the time that you're going to establish your kingdom? They were looking for an earthly kingdom. And I don't know how many times I've read that. I thought, how stupid of them. 
How many times has he told them? How many times has he talked to them? But if you think about it, it's the most logical question they could have asked. They had watched Jesus suffer at the hands of the, 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 the Jews and the Romans. He suffered the greatest defeat that anybody could ever suffer. He died. And he had the greatest comeback that he could ever have. He came back. What better time in their minds could he establish a kingdom? If he walked back into Jerusalem and made himself known to everybody that saw him die on that cross, or they saw him bleed out every one of those Romans, if he'd walked into Pilate, what do you think Pilate would have done? I think Pilate would have dropped, told the soldiers to drop their swords and they'd have bowed their knees right then and there. It was logical. But he wasn't here to set up the rest of the kingdom. See, they didn't understand that. He said, Jesus said, it's not for you to know the time or the seasons. Well, well, what, well, that may be logical for you. What they lacked was the knowledge that God has. See, it was logical for them to, to, to think about that and say, this is the right thing to do. God says, no, that's not logical because I'm looking at it from the big picture. He's already got it all planned out. It's all, it's all set up. And they were going to have to go through a difficult time over the next 40, 50 years, all of them losing their lives. What they learned was they were to get into the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. You know how I know that? Because, because as they were as they went back and they were praying, and that's another thing that they needed to do, uh, as they were waiting to find out what, what they should do, they were, they were praying, they were seeking the face of God, they were reading the Word of God. That's why they, they appointed a, 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 someone to replace Judas according to the scriptures, let another let his bishopric take. They, they waited for the Lord, they waited for the Spirit, and, and God worked, and God led, and God did something. That, but listen, it wasn't logical for them. It wasn't logical for Paul to sit in prison. But it was what God would have him to do. Can I tell you, there, there, there'll be times in your life where it just doesn't seem logical, it doesn't seem right that God has you in the situation or the place that you're in. Why did God not answer that prayer? Why did, did God allow this to happen? Why, why, why? I don't know. I wish I had all the answers. But I am not God. I don't see God. I don't see the things that are going on in, in my life from the perspective that God has. I see it from the middle of it. And, and what God sees, he sees all the answers. He sees how he's going to provide. He sees how he's going to heal. He sees how he's going to deal. Or he sees the effect that how you respond is going to have on others. Listen, instead of whining, instead of complaining, instead of wondering, why not just glorify God in the way that we respond in every aspect of our life, even the difficult ones? Because you don't know who might get saved. You don't know who it might be a testimony to or uh, it might strengthen or encourage. You, you don't know. Uh, because, but again, it's not about our logic. It's not about what, we, what, we're, what we're going through. It's about what God is allowing us to go through. For this cause, he said, he, uh, for this cause as he preached the word, he was a, a prisoner. There was a, a spiritual acknowledgement. He said, listen to this. He says, listen, I'm not, I, I, I am not a, a prisoner of Rome. You know that Paul, while he was in household, under house arrest, was able to roam the house freely throughout the day, but every night he had to sleep chained to a guard so he couldn't sneak out. They had guards posted in the house during the day to make sure he didn't run, but at nighttime he had to sleep chained to a guard. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't like that very much. 
He didn't say, I'm a prisoner of Rome. He didn't say, I'm a prisoner of this guy. He didn't even You know what he said? I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He acknowledged that he was there because God wanted him to be there. He was in the midst of that, that, that struggle, that problem in his life because God wanted him to be there. And listen, he didn't complain about it. He didn't, he didn't whine. He didn't, listen, he was there gladly serving the Lord, gladly going through that difficult time, that spiritual acknowledgement. Let's look at the specific adversity here. It says there in verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, all the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Do you know why he went through it gladly? Because he wanted to preach the gospel. Do you know why he, why he willingly uh, was in chains to preach the gospel? He says, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. In the book of Philippians, turn over there with, with me real quick if you would. It's just one book over, Galatians chapter 1, or, or sorry, Philippians chapter 1. Here he's trying to explain to the church of Philippi. He says, but I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me, the chains, have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of con contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, and yea, will rejoice. He didn't complain. He understood he was there because God wanted him to, and he did it gladly with joy in his heart. What's in your heart this morning? What difficulty are you facing? Say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why you've allowed this to happen to God. I just want you to be glorified. God, I, 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 help me to use this to be a witness and a testimony. God, I pray that in my life I can preach Christ. Is that our response? Or is it more? God, why am I here? God, I don't understand. Lord, it isn't fair. I say life isn't fair. Can I tell you that God is fair? God is equitable. God is just. Remember where God brought you from. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you're alive in Christ Jesus. Whatever you have going on in your life, listen, it is nothing compared to the glories you have ahead of you. Don't complain to God and say it's not fair. The tr that song we sang, it's true. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. See Paul's consuming devotion there in verse 1. There's kind of a, a pause here as he, as he goes back and he reiterates uh, some of the truths that we see in the, in the previous chapter. We won't spend a lot of time talking about it, but I, I do want to make sure that we, that, that we understand it here. But we see a, a contrasting dispensation, verse 2. If ye have heard, he's, again, he's reminding them of, of that dispensation. He's reminding them of the difference. It says, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, you were... 
he he says he says there there's there's been a change in dispens, dispensations. A, a dispensation is a stewardship. Uh, it's the way God is managing time. He says if if you've heard of the change, listen. It used to be just for the Jews. Now it's for the Jews and the Gentiles. It used to be that uh, that that uh, that uh, it was all under the old covenant that you had to be circumcised. That it was under the law, but now it's under grace. It's through Jesus Christ, and that we no longer uh, have to try to earn our way into heaven. We no longer have to sacrifice. Jesus Christ died once and for all, and that's it. All we have to have is faith in Jesus Christ alone. So there's two things that we need to note there that's important. There was, there was a new basis, and the basis of our salvation isn't the law or us trying to follow the law. It's grace in Jesus Christ. That new dispensation is of grace. What is grace? Undeserved favor. It means you don't deserve the favor God has given you. What do you mean I don't deserve it? Remember, you were dead and your trespasses and sins. That wasn't because God put you there. It's because we were born there in our nature, and we, we deserve to be there because of our sin. It's going back to, uh, it's going back to chapter 1. Chapter, chapter 2, uh, uh, because of Adam and his, his rejection of sin, the Bible says that, that, that sin and death passed upon all men for that all of sin. We were born sinners. And if we're honest, if, listen, if, if any, every adult is honest with himself, we all fall short of God's glory. We all fall short of, of perfection. We are sinners. If, even if you were just to go by the basis of the Ten Commandments and that was all the law that you had to follow, how many of us have lied? Well, there's one, right? Oh, I don't mean one person. I mean, there's one of them. How, how, how many of us uh, have, have uh, uh, put something else in, in a higher place than God? Thou shalt have no other God before me. Uh, how many of us have, uh, have uh, murdered? Uh, I'm going to get you here because Jesus said that if we hate somebody in our heart, well, that we've committed murder. How many of us have lust? How many of us guys have lusted after a woman? I was if we do that, that we've committed adultery. So we're a bunch of lying, murdering, adulterous people. And that's only three of them. Oh, and, and, and idol worshipers. <laughs> Four. Hey, hey, how many of us have stolen? Hey, even a penny. So we can go through one by one, and, and the truth is, you're not going to find one that you haven't broken, because why? We all fall short of the glory of God. That's why it says, for all sin. And so we, we're not worthy, we're not deserving of what God's done, we can't keep the law, uh, so, so therefore, thank God, praise God for the dispensation of grace that we're now in, that we're not saved by us keeping the law, that we're not saved by us... Uh, marking off a, a list of checks, but instead we're saved because God gave us favor and sent his son to die on the cross. For by grace are you saved through faith. If God hadn't shown us grace, Christ never would have died, and we'd not have salvation. And we're saved through the vehicle of our faith in Jesus Christ. And let me just say, that's never changed, by the way. The people in the Old Testament they weren't able to keep the law. 
they, they weren't able to bear it. That's why there was the, the sacrificial law where they would go and they would kill the bulls and the goats. Uh, they, they would have the yearly day of atonement where they would uh, k- kill those animals for the sins of the whole world or the whole nation. It, was, it wasn't that, those, that the, the blood of uh, bulls and goats would, would uh, bring about forgiveness or remission of sin, but it was a picture of the one who would one day die on the cross. Jesus was that one. Day, was that one? Hebrews chapter ten tells us that while they did it every every day and every year, he did it once and for all and sat down at the right hand of the Father. The basis of that dispensation has changed from the law now to grace, and not only is it a new basis, but it's a new direction or new uh, new uh, beneficiary. It used to be just for the Jews. Going back to, to uh, verse 11 of chapter 2, it said, Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. We weren't part of the, the, the chosen people of God at that point in time. It was just for the Jews, but, but the Bible tells us in Romans uh, that, that at this point in time, blindness in part has happened unto Israel. Why? So that, the, so that we could be grafted in, so that we could be brought into the covenant and the promise of, of God. It's a new dispensation. It's to a new direction. It is for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or you're Greek or whether you're Roman. It doesn't matter if your skin is black, white, yellow, red, purple, green. It doesn't matter whether you come from the poor side of town or the rich side of town. It doesn't matter who your parents' names are. None of that matters. The Bible says that in Christ, we are the same. And I'm thankful for that. There is a Contrasting dispensation, a, a clear declaration. Paul says here in verse, in verse 3, uh, he goes, I want to make sure that you understand this. He says, how that by revelation he may know unto me the mystery as I wrote aforetime in a few words. He says, he uses the word mystery here. This is important. Anytime you see the word mystery uh, in the Bible, it's referring to something that was previously unknown that is now being revealed. You say, well, how do they know it? Well, Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 7 through 10. Verse 7 says this, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto glory. There were certain things that, that God ordained, that God planned, that God, uh, that God kept hidden uh, during the previous dispensation or period of time. He says in verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed the revealed them unto us by his spirit, us as the apostles. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. There were things in the Old Testament that they did not know that God revealed to the apostles uh, an opening, an an opening of understanding. Uh, The verse, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, uh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, uh, and revealed up into glory. Uh, what, What is that talking about? It's talking about Jesus Christ. 
Well, they had pictures of Jesus Christ in, in the Passover lamb and, and the, the, the atoning sacrifices. Well, they had pictures and a promise of a coming Messiah. They did not know what, what, what we now know uh, about Jesus Christ, that how he would one day die or how he died for our sins. They did not understand that, that was, they expected him to come back and reign as king. That's why, back to Acts chapter 1, the apostle said, will you now set up your kingdom? Because they were looking for that earthly reign. But the kingdom of God was, uh, is, 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 first of all, spiritual. That's why Christ had to die, because he has to reign in our hearts first. So, so here, uh, there in 1 Corinthians, he's saying, listen, those, those mysteries, those previous mysteries, they were unknown to those in the Old Testament, but they have been revealed to us. Turn over with me to Galatians really quick. This is important. Galatians chapter 1, this is Paul uh, speaking to the church in Galatia, and he's giving a bit of his testimony of what, of, of what happened when he got saved and then after he got saved. He says, verse, uh, we'll start with verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son to me that I might preach among the, the brethren, or sorry, preach among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. What's that mean? He didn't go and talk to anybody and ask them what he should do. He says, neither when I went up to Jerusalem to them, which were apostles before me. He says, I didn't go up to, to Peter and James and John and the other apostles. But I went into Arabia and returned, un, returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. What happened during those three years? Well, the Bible doesn't really tell us. But I believe that, 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 that God revealed to, to Paul uh, through that period of time, through the Spirit of God, through the Scriptures, who Jesus was, all, the, all that Jesus was, and some of these mysteries. Because it was, it was Paul uh, that, 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 and, and Peter that first preached to the Gentiles, and both of them had to have that revealed to them by God. All of these mysteries that, 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 are, that are found in Scripture, and if you look up the word mystery, there's, there's, probably, there's probably 12 or 14 different passages, and, and some are referring to the same thing. And, and it's, it's all really about what the, the mystery of Christ, his death on the cross for us in, this, this, this period of grace and dispensation in the church, and, and, so, and how we are all now one together. I praise God and I thank God that that has been revealed to us. He says it was that we had the, his personal revelation. Now, he didn't keep it to himself. Are you glad that Paul told somebody about it? Even greater than that, aren't you glad that, that Paul not only told somebody about it, but Paul acted on it? How many times have we read the Word of God? And God spoke to us and revealed something to us from a scripture. Now listen, by the way, uh, we have the full revelation of the Word of God now. God isn't going to speak to us and tell us something new. Now, it may be something new to you, but it's in, you'll find it in between this, the, 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 the scriptures. Uh, there is no special revelation. There is no new book that's coming. Uh, we have it from generations all the way to the end to the book of Revelation. What, what it reveals to us uh, those things are going to happen in the, in the future. But, but we have the full revelation of the Word of God right here. Uh, so you're not going to find something new, but there'll be things, something that you find in Scripture that God can reveal to you that you've never seen before. Isn't that amazing? How you can read the same passage over and over and over again. And, 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 and five years down the road, you've read it before, I don't know how many times, and suddenly you're like, huh, oh, 
I never saw that before. My wife hates to watch movies more than once. I'm not like that because I, I, I understand there's always something in there that I probably missed the first time. But there are certain movies that we watch. Let's see, one of my one of my favorites for Christmas is uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Now it's not biblical. I'm not. Uh, there's no angels going to keep you from jumping into a, 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 a lake or a river or anything like that. But I, I enjoy watching "It's a Wonderful Life." It's been a, Christ, a, a tradition for me for Christmas, and I've watched it every year. Listen, I'm not going to see anything new in that movie. I've seen it 20, 40 times or so, depending on how old I am. I'm not going to find anything new. There's been, there's a limit to the, the knowledge. and there, there is no limit to the knowledge in the Word of God. There's always a new revelation. So, But, but aren't, you, aren't you glad that when you, when you read it, you're not just supposed to read it, but the Bible tells us we're to speak unto one another, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're to share those things with one another. What do we think Christian fellowship is? We're getting ready to go back here in a few minutes, and it's, it's, getting, it's, uh, it's getting close to, to noontime, so it's... Y'all hungry? If we open up those back doors, you'd be really hungry because you'd smell the food. I, I won't preach much longer. Uh, but but uh, what do you think Christian fellowship is? We're going to sit around there, we're on the food, and eat. And listen, when Baptists meet, we eat, right? Uh, I, I get that. But we're going to talk about sports, the weather. I mean, it's okay to talk about those things. There's nothing unscriptural about talking about those things. Favorite TV show? Or we're going to talk about the thing that unites us. The Word of God. That God touched your heart with this week. As you were reading and studying, man, God spoke to you and encouraged you and strengthened you. Or maybe he convicted you in something that you've never seen before. What do you think we should do? Share it. And apply it. That's what Paul did. He says, we see his personal revelation that God showed him this thing. And then notice the previous remarks. He goes, listen, I've already told you about this. In fact, he told him about it in chapter 2, and he told him about this revelation before. But he wanted to make sure this is clear in your mind, that the salvation is not just of the Jews, but it's of the Gentiles as well. That there is a new body, it's called the church, that didn't exist before Jesus came along and said, I will build my church. Again, in Acts chapter, I believe that Jesus started with the apostles, uh, but uh, that it truly had its formation in the early chapters of Acts. We see the personal revelation, the previous remarks. Notice the powerful reality. What is he talking about? This doctrinal change. That we went from that it went from being that God's chosen people to now we are all called. The salvation isn't just for a certain group, but it's for everybody. Think about that for a moment. If that had not taken place, would you be here? Are you a Jew? The powerful reality is that the, the, the salvation is, is now available to every single one of us. I'm glad I got saved. Well, thank the Lord for what he did for me. Think about it, folks. What did God do for you? 
Where did God bring you from? Say, well, I don't have the same testimony as so and so. I mean, they got a testimony. Listen, uh, it, it, it sickens me to no end. Uh, not not testimonies. I love hearing testimonies. All testimonies. It sickens me to no end, and we compare testimony versus testimony. Because the truth is, no matter whether you were in drugs and alcohol before, or whether you were you, you grew up in church and got saved at the age of five, guess what? You were still dead in your trespasses and sin. You were still on your way to hell, and now you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. Don't, don't get caught up in, well, it's just not as good or as exciting. Yes, it is. You were dead, and now you're alive in Christ. Powerful reality is of what God has done and how he's changed, and we don't have to try to do a certain list of things. Instead, we have grace, uh, that we're saved by grace in Jesus, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. For sake of time, notice this, the prioritized reflection. Here in verse 4 of chapter 3, he says, Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Whereby, when you read, what's he talking about? He's talking about those, those words and, and the doctrine that he's already taught to them. He says, he said, as, I re- as, as, I, as God revealed to me, and now I've shared it with you, I want to make sure that you understand it. So whereby, as you read, you may understand my knowledge and the mysteries of Christ. It's this idea of, 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 of a, a continuation of doctrine. It does not do any good for you just to repeat what I have to say about the Word of God. You know what's really important? You read it for yourself, and you get that same understanding. Listen, you don't need me to explain every, every passage of Scripture to you. There's nothing wrong with asking for help if, you have, if you're struggling with a passage. You know who the first person you should ask? God. You know why? Because God says he'll give you the wisdom. He also has given you the Holy Spirit, according to 1 John, that will teach you. In fact, fact, John says that we don't have need of man to teach us, that the Holy Spirit will teach us. So so you have what you need to read and understand and grasp. That that idea of understanding is is not just that you have the knowledge that this is true, but but how how it affects you and how it applies to you. And Paul says, listen, the reason I've told you before and the reason I'm repeating it now and telling you this, this is important, that, that you know this and then you apply it to your life and see how it affects you. And man, we need to do the same thing with the Scripture as we read it, as we study it. Seek God, seek the Holy Spirit to, to explain those things and expound upon those things so, so that he can then speak to us so that we don't become hearers of the word but that we are doers of the word so that we can live the way Christ would have us to live according to the scriptures. We see the consuming devotion, the contrasting dispensation, clear declaration. I'll look at notice, we'll go quickly, we're almost, we're almost finished. The conveying distinction. It's been previously concealed, and I've already mentioned it, but we see it here in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. It was, it was previously this, this mystery, these, these truths, this doctrine that we now have, and, and listen, hold dear to our hearts. It was previously concealed to, the, to, to those in the Old Testament. You know, the Bible says that, 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 that Moses was a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. He didn't know about this. Enoch walked with God. 
Guess what? Enoch didn't know. David was one who prayed on a regular basis. In fact, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Yet this was something that God did not reveal to him because it wasn't time. You look at the, at the prophets and, and, and all that God revealed unto Isaiah and Daniel. And listen, there's some great things uh, from, from, uh, of what was going to happen to Israel. Uh, uh, there were some great things that's going to happen to Israel in the, in the future uh, in, in the, in, in, during the, the time of the tribulation. But listen, there's a period of time that, that was left blank for them. And guess what that is? It is this dispensation, this period of time, the church, they never saw it. But guess what? We get to live it. And there is no better time to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no better time to be a child of God because it isn't a small group. It isn't just this group, us four, no more. It's for everybody. Because you can all be saved and you can all enjoy what God's done for you. And not just you, but you can invite others into it. The greatest, the greatest time of, uh, of missionary efforts has been in the, the dispensation of the church. You know how few people got into Israel? We can name most of them. Rahab, Ruth, right? And there were some of the Gentiles that were brought into the Israel. But nowadays, it's for everybody. It's, it's not just for the few. It's for, it's for all. And again, the Romans, Paul tells us in Romans that, that, the, that the Israel for a period of time has, has been blinded until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. God had a, a love and a desire for, for us to be saved, so he blinded Israel apart and, and has grafted the Gentiles into it so that we could be saved. But one day that's going to come to an end, and he's going to turn his, his attention back to the people of Israel. And I want you to say there are people out there that need to hear the gospel today, that they can be brought into this too. There was a past concealment. And the apostles were the privileged custodians. We see it there in verse 5. It says, which another age was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. And notice it's it, the promise catalyst. The way they know is through the Spirit of God. I'm so thankful that God revealed this to them. I'm so thankful that this was all a part of God's plan, and he revealed it to them through the Word of God. Lastly, we see this. The concealed doctrine. It's in verse six, and we've already kind of touched on it, so we won't we won't uh, dig deep. We're almost done. Verse six is this: that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. This is the doctrine that was concealed. This is the doctrine that was the mystery. This was the doctrine that the, those in the Old Testament never saw, but God revealed it to the apostles. These truths. The first one is this, equal provision. We are fellow heirs. Think about the, the promises, uh, the promise of, uh, of God when, 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 he, when he looked at the people of Israel and said, you will, I will be your God and you will be my people. We are fellow heirs. We are fellow heirs. We are of the people of God. If you are saved today, if you've placed your faith and trust in him, if you've been born again, you are a fellow heir. You're on equal footing. You all get, a, you all get your part. You all get your peace of what God has promised for you. And listen, we don't even know how great it is yet. The Bible says that it will be revealed to us in the ages to come. The riches of his grace to us. 
And there are certain things God revealed to us that, listen, I'm going to be rid of this body. I can't wait. Hopefully it's more handsome and a whole lot better, more fit. Uh, uh, but, but I'm going to be rid of this body. What's, what uh, I have that is corruptible, what's, what I have that is mortal, is going to be put off. And, and I'm going to have an incorruptible, immortal body. And I'm going to be in heaven forever. I'm going to be serving God and praising God in the presence of my Savior. I can't wait. I don't know what it's all going to look, look like. Uh, I don't know what the choir is going to sound like, but I get to be a part of that too. Uh, uh, it's going to be wonderful. Wonderful. I look forward to it. I'm a fellow heir. The Bible says I have a mansion. It wasn't just for the 12 disciples. That's for all of us. I have a place. I don't know what it's going to look like, whether it's going to have hardwood floors or marble countertops or, or any of that stuff at all. The Bible says that my mind cannot comprehend what God has in store for those that love him. I, I can't even, my, I just don't have the imagination to, to think of it. So God puts it in terms like this. There are streets of gold. Why? Now, I believe there are streets of gold because the Bible tells me that. But we think, wow, that's amazing. Up there, it'll be asphalt. I used to think as a little kid, I'd be going around picking up nuggets and sticking them in my pocket. My kids do that now. I come home, and every time we wash the clothes, we're pulling up rocks out of their pockets that they picked up on the side of the road. They're worthless to us. Listen, the gold will be worthless to us in heaven, but it gives us a picture of what we're looking forward to. We're fellow heirs. We're, we're on equal footing. Equal provision. God, God doesn't, and the, the part I love about it is it's equal. Now, there, there, are, there are crowns that you can earn here on heaven, but I'm talking about the, the promise that we have, the salvation we have. There is, there is, my salvation isn't any better than your salvation. That, that, that my inheritance isn't any better than yours. We have equal inheritance. It doesn't matter where you, where you come from. It doesn't matter what, what, what your background is. If you're in Christ, if you're saved, your inheritance in Christ is exactly the same. I praise the Lord for that. Not only do we have the, are we fellow heirs, but we have equal position. We have equal position. Notice there, this is important. I want you to notice this here in verse 5, sorry, verse 6, and that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. I said this is the mystery of the church. Anytime when you see the word body talking about uh, mentioned in the church or in, in the, uh, the word of God here, many times it's, it's speaking of the church. I don't know about you, but you can only have two eyes. You can only have two hands. Paul Paul describes the church as a body many times. And he's talking about the local New Testament church. Do you understand that you are equal, uh, you have equal position in the church if you're saved? It is not about who is better or who is worse, who has a better, who is Bible educated, went to Bible college, or or how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. You are all a part of the body of Christ. There is no seat that's higher than anybody else's. In fact, well, the pastor's high. The pastor is not higher than anybody else. In fact, the pastor is called a minister. You know what that word means in the Bible? Servant. I'm not above any of you. Our deacons aren't above any of you. In fact, deacons' job is to serve the church. In the body of Christ, our positions are the same. 
Our position is the same. Now, you may be a hand or you may be a foot. You may be a little toe or you could be an appendix. I don't know what you are. We've got to put you here. If you're saved and a member of this church, God put you here. The Bible says in the previous chapter that, you are, that we are fitly joined together. There are no gaps. There are no missing pieces. There are no extra pieces. We are the church that God is building here at Fellowship Baptist Church. And you are just as important of a part of this church as anybody else. But with that, we'll also be partakers. I mean, we all have a job to do as members of Fellowship Baptist Church. God has gifted us. The Bible says that God gifted some as apostles and prophets and teachers for the edification of the, of the building up and to profit the church. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the different gifts that God gives each and every single one of us. We don't have time to turn there to, to look at it. We're, we're running out of time, and, and the, you're all going to kill me because the food's going to be, be smelling too good. But uh, we're all given different gifts, but those gifts uh, are given by the Holy Spirit to every one of us that's saved. Not for, the, not for our own profit, but for the profit of the church. God has, God has a job for you, whether it's mowing the grass, cleaning the, cleaning the toilets, leading music, or teaching a Sunday school class, or, or praying uh, for your pastor. God has a job for you, and you need to be our partaker in, not just the benefits of being a member of the church, uh, the fellowship and the encouragement and the strengthening, but also in the work that, that's taking place. We're all partakers. That's what the word partaker means, by the way. Part of it is, if we're sharing something that's good, we get to be a partaker. We all get our piece. But it also means that we all get our piece of the work, too. And we are fellow, we are fellow workers or fellow partakers. Lastly, with this, we have equal access. We're partakers in the promise. There were six fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Where we are partakers, we, we all get our part of his promise in Christ. Last thing I want to note here is this two things. It's in Christ. There's only one way. You can't be a partaker of the promise through Buddha or through Muhammad or through uh, any of the other religions out there. It says in Christ. The one thing that we have that separates us from every other religion out there is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that you have not the Son, you have not the Father. Jesus is the only way. The only way that we can be reconciled unto God is through Jesus Christ. So we have equal access to the Father, but it's through the same doorway. Right? And the last thing is this. It's the same procedure. It's an equal procedure. It's just in the gospel. Do you know it's the gospel that saves I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. You know how you got saved? Somebody shared with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15 tells us it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
It's, it's that, it, the, the good news of what Christ did for us. He died for our sins. Uh, he was buried and rose again three days later, and now he sits forever on the right hand of the Father. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's what saves you. It's faith in that because he died for your sins. Now, if he had never risen again, it's a sad thing that he died, and we'd all, we could all mourn over that, and we could, we could have our, uh, our weekly gatherings over uh, his, his graveside or whatever. But guess what? He didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, having victory over sin and the grave. He gives us hope that we're not just a religion, but, but that we are in Christ and we have a future. Amen? If you're a fellow heir and a fellow partaker, if you're, a, if you're on equal positioning because of this doctrine, because you're in Christ and saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to get to heaven but through this truth. Where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? For us, it leaves us in a good position, right? Because we're saved. But not everybody is saved. Not everybody is in Christ. Not everybody is a new creature or born again. We live in a world that while it's the greatest dispensation where everybody can be saved, the majority of this world is not. There are 7 billion people across this world. Many of them don't even have the Bible in their language. There was a period of time when, when missions uh, was uh, the, the greatest thing. Uh, the, the America was sending out missionaries uh, all over the place to tell people uh, uh, about the gospel, and people were getting saved all over. Listen, they're still getting saved all over, but there are fewer and fewer missionaries coming from the Americas. In fact, I've heard of places from other countries sending missionaries to America because there's a lack of the preaching of the gospel. Now listen, there are churches on every corner. There, 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 there are Christians everywhere. In fact, 60% of our, of our country claims to, to, to make some kind of profession. Now, they say they're Christian. What that means to them, I don't know. I, I really highly doubt that 60% of our country is saved. If we're saved and we're in Christ, we have been given the same ministry Paul has been given. We call it the ministry of reconciliation. You can call it, uh, uh, you can call it the Great Commission. You can call it whatever you want. But we are to go out and to preach the gospel. You can tell the health of a church by how soul conscious and how, uh, how, how, how much they desire to get the gospel out. Because guess what's going to happen? If we don't see more people saved, and whether it's kids from VBS or, 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 or going out and bringing your neighbors in or, or, or bringing family members who are lost in or, or, or and not just bringing them into church but bringing them to Christ, amen, it, 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 it's great. Invite folks to church. Uh, bring people to church. But it, it's okay for you to have a conversation about the gospel with other, with other folks. You don't have to leave it for somebody else to do because God has called us all to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. But if we don't do that, guess what's going to happen? Our older folks are going to start to die off. No offense. I won't, I won't name names. Rose isn't here. And she's, she's watching from, from home, and she, she just hit her, her computer with the camera, or with, with, with her cane. 
I'm kidding. Our, our older folks will die off. Some of our folks will wander, go to other churches, and then our numbers will dwindle and dwindle. And listen, we can keep numbers in. We can pack the place out, but if people aren't getting saved, what are we doing? Remember Acts chapter 1? It wasn't logical for those disciples. They're in Acts chapter 1. To, they thought the most logical thing was that Jesus would just set up his reign. What did Jesus tell them in the next couple of verses? It's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And we all have the Holy Spirit, amen? He came in Acts chapter 2. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. You got to help us. Not just to have the knowledge that we're in the greatest dispensation that there has ever been, that, that, that we're saved by grace and that, that that salvation is available to all men. But how about we tell some folks about it? How about we share it? May God give us boldness. I, reading through the book of Acts, and uh, they they were beaten. They were they were run off. They, they they were threatened. They had all kinds of things happen. And you know what they prayed? God give us boldness to, to, to preach your word. And then they went out and preached some more. And they watched Peter, they watched Stephen stoned for preaching the gospel. And it says they were scattered abroad to to listen to these, the, the names of these towns. Judea, Samaria. They hadn't been there yet. And what did they do? They didn't go hide from the Jews. They didn't go hide from Paul. He was trying to arrest them all. They went out and they preached the gospel everywhere. May God help us make the best use of the dispensation that we're in and share the gospel with all those that are around us. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that you would just have your way with us. Lord, you know our needs. Lord, you know our heart. God, I pray. Lord, I've been asking for your, for your spirit to, to work in us. Help us, to, uh, help us to have ears to hear from you. Tender hearts to submit to your will. And God, I pray that you would, or that you would just do a work that, that I can't. We ask this in Jesus' name.